your desire tonight? Let the Holy Spirit come. I'd like to read you this. I was just reading this today and it just touched my heart. Brother, Brother Random in a prayer, he says, Oh, how wonderful that a living Father, the very birth of eternity, would come down to mortal beings and help us and would bring his word and give it to our mouths and our hearts and our ears that we might hear it and live to redeem us from a curse that we had nothing to do with it coming. It was done by human race and we're offsprings of that first couple. And yes, we're born in sin and we're shaped in iniquity, but a just and living God knows that we had nothing to do with that and has made a way of escape and give us the privilege of coming. How glad we are we've come to the Father's house. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you come to the Father's house? Aren't you glad he made you a way of escape in the evil day that we're living in and situations that we face, whatever it may be? Let's go to him in prayer today. Father, Lord, we just want to thank you, Lord. Lord, you saw fit to come down and bring your word to us. It would give us something to live on, Lord. Give us something to, Lord, to move to higher heights and to greater depths, Lord. Father, we can know, have a firm foundation we can stand upon in a time that's being shaken all around us, Lord. But God, we can look at your word and know, Lord, you, your word has never failed and it never will fail. We thank, Lord, that we have been given the privilege of having a way of escape. Lord, that one day we're going to leave this whole world behind and go to be with you for eternity. What a day that'll be, Lord. Lord, this service will give it to you, Father. Everything to be said and done for your glory and your honor. Bless those that are away tonight, Lord. Traveling different places, bring them safely home, we pray. We thank you for all that you've done among us, Lord, and what you're going to do. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can turn to Psalms chapter 119 and 105. And also Isaiah 43 and verse 16. It says... Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen. His word is not our feelings, not our ideas, not what we think or what we believe. It's his word is the light. Amen. Also, Isaiah 43 and verse 16 says, Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. Amen. We'll let you be seated. Last time I was in this place, I spoke on the light has brought you to where you are. And uh, tonight I would like to speak to you on the light, the way maker. Amen. The light, the way maker. You know, uh, Brother Branham would say in the Smyrnian church age, he says, cloudy skies and storms of life are no signs of God's disapproval. Neither are bright skies and still waters signs of his love and approval. His approval of any of us is only in the beloved. 
His love is elective, which he had before us before the foundation of the world. Does he love us? Oh, yes. But how shall we know? We shall know because he said so. Amen. And manifested that he did love us for he brought us to himself and gave us of his spirit, placing us as sons. And how shall I prove my love to him? By believing what he said. And by conducting myself with joy amidst the trials that he and his wisdom allows to come to pass. Amen. So where we find his approval in our life, you know, many people are looking, are, are desiring the will of God. And, 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 you know, they're wanting to know if it's his will to do many things in their lives. And that's a wonderful thing is to be in the will of God. We always want to be in the will of God. But the will of God is not our notions or our feelings or what we think or, or what we, we think, think is right. The will of God is his word. And, and if you're not in his word and, the, and what you're doing is not in his word, well, then it's not in the will of God. Amen. But God has, has a will and he has a way. And he has a place that you can go to and you can pull from and, and you can lean on. And I'm thankful that we have this word in the, this hour that we're living in. And I'm thankful that we're not dealing with just a halfway truth or a or halfway open book or maybe looking at a few scriptures. But today we can say the book has been open and therefore we can see his will for the time that we're living in. And we can see the things that, amen, that are going on daily, amen, is his will. You know, no matter how much we fuss about it and, and want to uh, get upset about it, where we're at today, the climate that we're in, the political climate that we're in, all the things that are around us has to be his will or it couldn't be coming to pass. Amen. It's because it's in the word because this world has got to get in an atmosphere for a burning. It's got to get in a place, a climate to burn, amen, because it's there in the word, amen, as this world would burn with fire, amen. So we know that when you go through things in life, that does, as we've read there, it just gives us such courage to know maybe tonight you're in a great trial and you're going to see cloudy skies all around and, and storms that are all around, but that's not necessarily meaning God's disapproving your life, amen, but or maybe tonight you came and it's been blue skies for a month or whatever's been going on, that's not necessarily his signs of his love, but where you want to find what his will is or who he is, is in his word. And we, and we believe it because he said so. He said he loved us. He said he's, he, he's made a way. He says that he can do these things. He said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it's all in his word, and that's where we go to. Amen? So when we get in a trial, when we get in a situation in our lives, we can still have joy in the moment. We can still have peace in the moment. We can still have, amen, things in our lives can still be a solid a rock to stand on because we're not standing upon our feelings. Because, you know, our feelings will deceive us. Amen. Amen. In good times, our feelings are many times good. And we're all on the top of the clouds and everything's fine and hunky-dory. And we get in a cloudy moment and we get all worried and all fretted. If, we was, if, we, if our foundation was upon our feelings, where would we be? Why? It'd be different one day to another, one moment to another, one minute to another. It would be different. But thank God, his word never changes. And this is where he says we have to place our confidence 
sense is not in our thinking, not who we are, not what we, we think is right, but in his word. Amen. And when we go through the trials, we can lean upon his word. We know in his word it says, there hath no temptation taken you such as common to man, but God is faithful. Hallelujah. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape. Amen. That ye may be able to bear it. Amen. I'm thankful for that scripture tonight. That when I get in the middle of a trial, I know it's not too much because God is faithful. Amen. God is faithful. He's faithful at all times. Amen. You know, we see his faithfulness when we, re- we witness healing and, and we witness a miracle and we say, well, God is faithful. God is faithful every day of your life. It doesn't matter if you're in the cloudy times and the dark times and, and bitter times and hard moments of your life. God is faithful. And God will not allow you to be tempted or to bear more than you're able, but he will make a way of escape. It might be right at the last moment. It might be when you seem like you can't take another step, but his word says he's going to make a way. He's going to make a way of escape. Now, you know, in, in, in the path, there's always a, there's a right way and a wrong way. You know, and so when we make choices, we can look at it. It can be your way. It can be my way. And when we do that, it's the wrong way. Come on now. God's way is always the right way. Ain't no ifs, ands, or buts. His way is always the right way. It might not be the way we would like. It might not be our favorite choice as far as what we can see. And many times his way leads to some dark places and and things you don't know how it's going to work out. But God's way is always the right way. No matter how unright it seems to us, no matter how hopeless, God's ways are true. They're past understanding. God's working in mysterious ways is wonders to perform. But God will bring you to the place that he has ordained you if you will walk his way. And it's not an easy way. As we heard Sunday, it's a hard way. It's a hard choice that you have to make. Sometimes in your life, you don't know, amen, what's going to happen, how it's all going to work out. But if God has put something inside of you and it matches his word, amen, then you are on the right path. And it will lead to the right destination. But there's two ways a man can go, and that's his way or God's way. That's the right way or the wrong way. Our way is always the wrong way. God's way is always the right way. And you can't be in your own way and in God's way at the same time. It's two opposite directions, amen. But God has a way. He has a provider way. You know, in the Garden of Eden, as we, as we get into this, amen, God made a man so, uh, Brother Brandon would call it, that he didn't have to shift for nothing or he didn't have to work. He didn't have to, he didn't have to work by his hands and toil in the fields and he could just speak the word and it would take place. He, he could speak things into existence. He had the power of the spoken word and he had that. And what a, what a place to be, but He said, see, man is always trying to tamper with what God has done. He's always wanting to try to maybe find a better way. And we find that uh, that we're not going to get into all of the details, but we find man falls. What does he do? He doesn't wait for God to make him a religion. He makes his own religion. 
That's when the first religious spirit entered in and he began to make his own way and he began to try to build his own, uh, his own covering and out of fig leaves and, and do everything how he had to do it and how he wanted to do it. See, he's always trying to make himself something instead of waiting on God. He said, but God had made him one and we find out that when his religion wouldn't work, God came down in the garden in the cool of the evening. Amen. The light came and made a way. Amen. It made a way. It killed a lamb and it brought a provided way of sacrifice that that man could come to God again. Amen. The light made a way when fig leaves couldn't make a way. Man's creeds couldn't make a way. Man's ideas couldn't make a way. The light made a way. Amen. There's been many of people that's come down into the world road and they realize their little shallow religion and, and things that they thought were right and things they kept, amen, as their own little personal things. They, they found out it didn't work no more. Amen. Nothing short of being born again will ever work. Amen. There's no man-made thing in this day that's going to keep us alive. This world's headed towards nuclear destruction. It's prophesied in the Bible. It's not something I'm saying. It's something that's been prophesied hundreds and even thousands years ago. But it's laying there and it shall come to pass. And we see it day after day. More and more is being talked about it. More and more is being pushed. More and more is going out there. And they're training. Now they're putting it back out. And they're showing their missiles. And they're they're showing everything that they got. Amen. You know, Russia comes out and they do a parade. Amen. Next thing you know, the ABC News flies a woman out on a helicopter and she goes, drops off on a submarine out there in the middle of the ocean and they show her all the nuclear warheads they got. This world is going towards destruction and there's nothing man-made that's going to get you out of it. It couldn't get Adam and Eve out of it in the beginning and nothing man-made will get you out of it now. The only thing that'll get you out of here is being born by the same light of God that fell on the day of Pentecost to 120 people in the upper room and they came out, amen, as drunk men and moved by the Spirit of God. You will have to have that same light to live and to live throughout eternity. There's nothing no other way. You can't make it no other way. You can try, you can read your Bible, you can quote the quotes, you can live perfect lives, you can do whatever you want to, but unless you have been born again by the Spirit of God, you don't have a way out of here. Amen. Amen. But boy, you know, you have to die to be born again. But then you move on to Cain. He tried to make his own way. You know, he had some apples and some pears and some peaches and some pumpkins and things he laid upon the altar and said, wow, here's a good place. I built an altar. I have a church. I've been a good church member. I go to church every day. I built it. I put a sacrifice. Now I'm going to kneel and pray. Now, Lord, I want you to receive me. But God refused him. What was it? It was the same old religious spirit lives right now today. Just as religious as it can be, but knows no more about God than anything else. He said, you know, that's the truth. Religious spirits. Religious spirits. The Bible said those two spirits would be so close. But it would deceive the very elect if it was possible. And the only reason why it ain't possible, because he put it there. And says it's not possible. (laughs) Amen. But my light will shine greater. 
My light will shine brighter. My light will give them a path to walk down. My, my light, not their feelings, not their thoughts, but my light. We find out that Judas Iscariot went out and rejoiced. He preached the gospel, came back hollering, shouting, having a big time with the rest of the disciples. He baptized, he cast out devils, he done it all. St. Matthew, the 10th chapter says that, and he followed the disciples right along, yet the incarnated devil. And come right along, and Jesus was the incarnated God, Cain and Abel, Judas and Jesus. Amen, the right and the wrong way. But he came up to his time at Pentecost, and he showed his true colors. He said, when you go to talking about being born again, receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, nine times out of 10, them spirits will begin to show their colors and say, well, that's just a bunch of fanaticism. I just leave it, that's the wrong way. Brother, that's God's provided way for every man, woman, boy, and child today. God has always made a provided way. He's under obligation to make a way. So if he says you have to have the Holy Ghost, he has to have a make a way that you can receive the Holy Ghost. If he says in his word he's a healer, then he has to make a way, amen, that you can be healed. Hallelujah. If he says in his word he's a deliverer, he has to make a way for you to be able to be delivered. Otherwise, amen, his word is, just comes from void and null. It has no power to it. Amen. But he will watch over his word and he will bring it to pass. And he'll make a pathway where there seems to be no way. He'll open doors. He'll do whatever. He'll get you in the right atmosphere. You know, I think about how, amen, a little seed's put in the ground. And, and he had put, he'd put in his word, every seed shall multiply. And, and so that he had to make a way for that to happen. Or his word would fall short. Amen. So he puts the seed in the ground. And he puts the right at- soil there. He puts the right atmosphere. The sun begins to shine. The waters fall upon it. What is it? It's making a way for that seed to come up. Amen. So his word will not fall void. Listen, every time you see a blade of grass come out of the ground, that's God's word being fulfilled. Amen. When you see the the things of uh, nature taking place, that is God's word being fulfilled. And I think about that. If he had promises in his word, amen, of uh, of the Laodicean believers, and and he promised there were seeds laying down there, he would have to make a way for them to come up. He would have to create the right atmosphere. He would have to have the right minerals and the right dirt and the right things. Amen. So that word could be fulfilled. And so that seed and Laodicea and all down through the dark ages, every church age had a promise to him that overcometh. To him that overcometh. So that for him to say that, he had to make a way for someone to overcome. This age will not be without an overcomer. There will be a people that overcomes. Why? His word says there will be. God always makes a provided way. God's under obligation. He's tied himself to his word. He's a way maker. But man goes to messing with nature and they cut down the timbers and they do this and they do that. And it causes issues in nature. And they want to call it acts of God. It was actually acts of men. You know, uh, I was just 
Some time ago, we, me and Brother Tim got to visit the area again just a few weeks ago there in Banff, but me and my wife was up there for a 15th anniversary, and uh, we was on a boat on a, on a lake, and on one side of the lake was uh, this forest that had been burnt, and there was trees laying down, and, but you could see the young growth coming out. And on this side, on the other side of the lake was this beautiful hundred year or thousand, who knows how old, just uh, uh, virgin timber standing there, and the great beauty, and it's great things. And, and the man says, you know, he said, this is amazing. He said, as we go down this lake, he said, I want to point out something. He said, how, where do you think there's life? He said, where do you think there's life? And people were pointing over these beautiful trees and, and said, there's got to be life. He said, actually, he said, 95 to 97% of the bears and the deer and the life are over there where it's been burnt. And it's been, he said, because that is how nature does. It replenishes itself by fire. And fire comes down by lightning or, or something takes place to cause it to ignite it. And it burns down through a valley. He said, the reason why this side hasn't burned, he said, because men watch over it and they put every fire they can out. He said, because right up the end of that is a man-made village called Banff. And if that hill burns, Banff's going to burn. He said, but the life, the life is over there where the fire had burnt. Man, I might have had me a shouting spell right there on that boat. I said, I'm going to tump this thing over if y'all ain't careful. Because I can see, amen, people that have built fine places and they've got, amen, they look like fine trees and they look like this. Amen, but they have not allowed the spirit of God, the way maker to come into their church. Amen, to burn out the old creeds and the old dogmas and all the things. And over here, there's life popping. Amen, there's life and there's giving birth and things are taking place. Meanwhile, amen, people are worried about their structures and they're worried about their things that they have built and they're worried about their own kingdoms being burned down. I want the way maker. I want him to come and do what he has to do so life can come to the body. But you interfere with nature and floods begin to happen. Then they build up dams. You know, they, me and Brother Tim just spent a time on a, was a, was a river at one time. Now they've dammed it up in about three different places. Hundred mile lakes. Places that we was out on the boat. The guy says, you actually, if I had the right sonar equipment, you could see villages that they actually uh, dry, put underwater. Under there when they, when they flooded this. And some places in this lake are over a thousand foot deep. He said, but the problem is, this year we've had a lot of rain. This year we've had a lot of snow. And, and just, he said, up on the mountains is about 30 to 40 foot of snow. He said, I've actually been up there. He said, they got these little GPS things. I'm on my, my snowmobile or on my snow, skis, whatever. He said, I'll mark. He said, looks like that tree's about that little tree coming out of the snow about that tall. He said, I'll mark it with my GPS and I'll go back a little later when the snow is melted. And that thing, I was actually up that tree about 40 to 50 foot. I said, well, us boys in the South don't know anything about that. Thank God. He said, but the problem is we put these dams here. And he said, the melt's about to happen. And now all the rain that we've had, he said, floodings are about to take place. Amen. What is insurance going to call it? An act of God. No, it was the act of men. 
Amen. Messing with nature, messing with uh, the creation of God. Amen. And you know, I see how, how God has built his church and he's built it in a certain way. He wants it a certain way. But men come and they put dams there. They put their own ideas there. They build camps there. Amen. That's not what God wants. He wants the water to flow freely. Amen. Not dam it up, not try to hold it back, but let the Spirit of God, the Waymaker, find his way down through every crevice, down through every part. If he wants to take a right turn, let him take a right turn. He is the leader. He is the God. I think about the children of Israel. They came out of Egypt. No wonder they got a little confused. They knew the Red Sea was right over there. Pharaoh knew the Red Sea was right over there. But God said, I'm going to go this way, and I'm going to go that way, and I'm going to go this way because I want Pharaoh to say, hey, they're lost. They're entangled in the wilderness. He said, I'm going to do this. I want you to walk with me, Moses. I want you to walk with me, children of Israel, because I'm setting a trap for your enemy. I'm setting a trap so I can have my full, amen, my full uh, victory over Pharaoh and his army. Listen, Laodicea has been built in a certain way. God has went certain paths. Listen, we didn't think we'd go this far for 50 or 60 years past the prophet, but we are still following the light. And the light is setting Satan up. Hallelujah. He's a way maker. He's making a way for you, but he's making a destruction for your enemy. Amen. He's going to bring them to their death. My God. I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited. Amen. Because I'm seeing the little glimmering, glistening going on over there. What's that I see over there? I smell water. We've been in this wilderness. We've been walking out of Egypt. We come out of Egypt a long time ago, but here we are, and it's time to cross over. It's time to move over into another place, and God's been making the way the whole time. The light led them. Though You can read in the scripture, the pillar of fire led them out of Egypt. It led them through the wilderness. It led them to the Red Sea. It led them through the Red Sea. It led them to Mara, amen, to bitter waters. It led them to a place that had nothing to drink, nothing to eat, but it led them to a rock. It led them to quail. It led them to oasis. It led them and led them and led them and led them. They complained. They fussed. They made. They said, well, we got a better way. We got a shortcut. But they had to follow the light if they was ever going to make it to the promised land. And they were still, Joshua and Caleb were still there as they got ready to go over the Jordan. Oh my, 40 years ago we could have had it. 40 years we was here, but here we are again. And I'm ready to push, to push across. I'm ready to go to the other side. And Joshua goes over there to try to search it out. And what happened? A light began to form. I would say it was an amber light. And began to come down and move in those trees. And out of that light stepped a man that was about six foot tall, olive complexion, with a sword in his hand. The light had led him to this moment, had led him to this place, had led him right here where he was. You know, it's pretty amazing. You preach something one night, next day you get up and you live it. Yeah. Yes, sir. Quite amazing. Yeah. 
Last Wednesday, I preached a priest on the light has brought you to where you are. Me and Brother Tim get on a plane the next morning. We fly to Atlanta. We got about five hours in Atlanta. So we thought, well, we go into the Delta Lounge there. It's a little quieter. We can hook our computers up and fellowship and study, whatever. We get off the plane. I asked the guy where our gate was. He said, well, you're in, say, you're in, you're in, in D. He said, you got to go down to the other end of D. I said, okay. I said, where's the lounge? He said, well, there's one right across here. You can go down. To, there's one down by your gate. I said, well, we've been on the plane. Let me and Brother Tim decide to walk. We walked down to the one that was by our gate to go out, walk in. We thought that, that we could get in for free. We found out we had to pay a little money. And so we discuss it and like, ah, I don't know if I want to give that. And so we walk out and we go, go back and we said, well, let's go back to the main center of the place and find something to eat. Well, by the time we got there, we said, well, by the time you eat and I eat, that's half the cost. By the time we get a coffee later and this, that, and the other, we might as well just go into the lounge. So we go back to the original gate that we flew out of. And we go in and we pay the, I think it was like 39 bucks a person. We walk in and I walk around the corner and I'm looking for a seat for both of us. And I'm, I'm eyeballing where's a good seat. And I look back and Brother Tim's not behind me. And, and I'm, I, he, I look at him, he's talking to somebody. I look, he, he waves me over. And I go over there to where he was at and look around the corner at this little desk and there's berry coffee sitting there. The light had led me to where we are. I thought I was just thinking. How many times you get up that way sometimes? You thought, well, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking I'm going to do this. I'm thinking I'm going to do this. And meanwhile, the light is actually leading you. Pulsations are taking place. And you're moving this way and that way. And there you are. All of a sudden, you're standing. You realize, wow, if we'd have went down there and we'd have sat there for five hours and we'd have never saw him until he got on the same plane with us and went to the same place we were going. And sat in the seat right behind me. The light had led us to where we were. Amen. God orchestrating things. Amen. You can look at it in nature. You can see it in ducks. Ducks, amen, are down, down in the south Louisiana. It gets a little hot and muggy, and they start heading towards the north. And they get up in the north, and they hey, have their hats on. I've been up there in Alaska, and it'd be thousands on thousands. Tops of, just unbelievable. Almost turned to sky black up there in the, in the summertime as they're, they're nesting, and they're, they're having their babies and things. And they're, and they're quacking, and it's just thousands. Unbelievable. But all of of a sudden, a little snowflake will begin to fall, and a little temperature begin to change. And all of a sudden, out in the middle of that lake, a duck will start quacking, and all of a sudden, the rest of those ducks will get after them and start quacking with them, and they'll lift up off that pond, and they'll begin to head back to south, or down to Louisiana, or to Arkansas, down to some rice field, down in the sun, back down for the winter. And I thought, my, ain't that amazing that in a dumb duck, God could put such an intelligence inside of them, that when the, so the seasons start changing, things Things start happening. It's time to start getting ready to get out of here. And I thought if God could put that in a duck, how much more can he put that in a human being? When they see seasons are changing, times are changing. Amen. The world's changing. This ain't a place fit to live in anymore. Amen. It's that, what is it? It starts happening inside of us. And there's a call coming to another land. And it won't be long as we gather together, we'll lift up all this place and go into eternity. Back where we belong. But what did that? Does that? The light. He's the way maker. Listen, the reason you're here tonight, God made a way. 
The reason you was able to rise above the muck pile of the world and the sins of this world, God made a way. The reason you didn't take your life at a young age or take your life even this week, God made a way. The reason you're able to do the things that you do and even live the life that you live, God has made a way. Seems like Christians ought to have duck sense at least. It's time to get out of here. The handwriting's on the wall. You want to call it, may I just instinct? No, that's God's provided way. God gave them that way to lead them. But the same God that gave a duck the ability to do that is the same God that gave men the Holy Ghost. Makes a way of escape. And if they reject it and wants his own way, God always sends mercy and then judgment. God always has made a provided way. Sometimes it don't lead through pleasant things. Sometimes it goes through hardships. But it's God's provided way. God makes it anyhow. Hardships, the three Hebrew children, very special story to me. God made a way, but it was through a fire. How hard was that? That wasn't just their easy choice of do you want Rice Krispies or Cheerios in the morning? Or do you want an egg omelet? No, is you going to bow or you going to burn? It wasn't the choice between a Ford and a Chevrolet or what house you would live in or, or what day you'll leave for certain place. No, it was you're going to bow or you're going to burn. That's a hard choice to make. And they begin to listen to the threats and things and they said, well, you know, you can do whatever you want to, O king. You can, you can heat it up as hot as you want it. You can play your music as loud as you want it. You can do whatever you want to. You can make all your threats. But as for us, we're not bowing to your idol. Why would they not bow to the idol? Because it was in the word. They knew it was God's will for them not to bow. He said, you shall have no other God before me. No, don't bow to a graven image. He had all kinds of things in his word. And they knew that was in his word. And so they come to this moment, and you know, I say, God, give us some more Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's. Amen. They won't bow to worldlyism, won't bow to dress things of the world, won't bow to the hairstyles of the world, won't bow to the nonsense of the world. But are willing to go through the fire. You know, people want the eternity. They want the, re- the blessings and they want the life and they want that, but they don't want to pay the price. Brother Branham would say it like this. He said, we don't have to knuckle down to the world. God has made us free by the Holy Spirit. Well, we can see the king said, well, you know, in the morning, we're going to heat it up. Everybody that don't bow, they're going to be thrown in the fiery furnace. They went and prayed. Next day, the sound come to bow before the image, and they turned their back to it. <laughs> That's my kind of boys. 
king says, boys, did you really do that? Yep, we did that. He said, we're going to heat it up seven times hotter than it ever was. And here they had a gangplank, you know, going out into the fire. And they begin to bind their hands and take them down to this place. And it looked more and more and more and more and more hopeless. It got hotter. It didn't get easier. We want it easy. That's our way. We like the easy ways. We like the easy, you know, path that it's all puffy pillows and marshmallows and stuff so if we happen to fall we don't skin our knees <laughs> I don't know why we're going all the way we're just going we like that especially Laodicea the softest age there ever been we're the, some of the softest people there's ever been and we love it soft gas prices are going up what am I going to do bicycle I don't know what we're going to have to do. All I know is he's going to make a way. Food prices are going up. What am I going to do? I don't know what we're going to have to do. All I know is he's going to make a way. You don't think he can create food? Sure he can. He's done it before and he'll do it again. You say, when did he do that? Well, I tell you when he done it was when a man challenged the governments of his day and said, you know what? You have sinned. You've done wrong, Ahab and, and, and Jezebel. You, you've done wrong. You've, you've made a mockery out of God. It'll not rain for three and a half years. And he turns around and walks out. And it seemed like, wow, that was an amazing service. But then he starts going through the trial. He's in the same place. He ain't sitting somewhere else enjoying the plushness and green grass. No, it's drying up around him too. But God takes him to a place that has a little brook flowing. And he sends some ravens down with some little sandwiches. Hello, somebody. He knew where Elijah was. He knew where to send him. And he knew how to equip somebody to get some food to him. And when all that dried up, he said, get up and go down to a little place. I got a little widow woman that's going to take care of you. God knows how to lead his children. He knows where to lead you to the next meal. He knows where to lead you to the next dollar. Whatever you have need of, the light will lead you. And he goes down there to that place, and here she is. This little woman's out there getting her last couple of sticks together, going to scrape the last bit out of her barrel and pour the last little bit out of her old jug and make her one last little cake and eat it and die. She was in the same place. It wasn't an easy place, but the light all of a sudden began to shine upon her house. Man, I want to be that kind of place. That the light will begin to shine upon a house. Amen. And here the prophet of God comes down and says, hey, will you make me a cake? You make me a cake and you, make me, you, you give me a drink. Well, what do you mean make you one? I got a child in here and I got myself to fend for. And we got one last little bit to give and this is all we got. And we're going to eat it and we're going to die. But something began to stir on the inside of her. 
something began to take place. And Brother Branham said it like this. He said, she got her two sticks and she put them together and she lit the fire in the middle. And he said, that represented the cross. And she took that meal and that oil, oh my, and she put it all together and she put it on that fire and she baked her one last cake and she got her one last drink and she came and gave it to the prophet of God. That was an ultimate sacrifice. Because now she had nothing. But the light had other ideas. And the prophet of God said, because you have done this, because you have done this, your oil will not go dry, nor your barrel. It will not, go di- it will not be empty until the day it rains. And she would go every day to make herself another cake. And it didn't have nothing in there the day before. And she would look in and there's some more down there. Dig it up and put it and make another cake. Next time she was hungry, she would go back knowing she had scraped up the last bit was there. And she would reach down and just get her another pile full and bring it over. What was it? No matter what day she was in, it was showing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's got enough. He's more than enough. And I tell you, church of the living God, when you don't see him working, he'll still be working. She didn't know it, but over in that meal barrel, while she was asleep, while she was at rest, the angels of God was grinding some more meal. While she was over there, the angels of God were stomping out some more olive oil and was pouring it back in her vessel. Listen, I tell you what you ought to do. It's not worried about which way the world's going. You need a rest in your promises. Rest in them every day. And while you're resting, the angels are working. While you're resting, he's moving on the sea. While you're resting, he's still showing he's Jehovah Jireh. This light will make a way. It came down to the last step. Should have was singing a, it's over. It's been a wonderful life, but it was so good to live for him. And they step off, throw it into the fire. Meanwhile, what they didn't know was, was a conversation was going on in heaven. Angels were watching. The angels encamp about those that fear him. They're on guard. They know when cancer strikes your body. You don't have to tell him. He already knows. The angels have already sent back the word. They know when they say, listen, they can see demon spirits. They can see those things at work. They know what is going on. And so they're there and they're on guard. And we know, Brother Brown would bring it out and talk about Michael would come and with a sword drawn and said, you see what's going on down there in Babylon this morning? Have you seen your children? They're not bending. They're not bowing. They're not, they're not willing to bow to an image. It's in your word. You're going to honor your word. Surely, he said, send me down there. I'll destroy them all. He did it before. One angel went into a Syrian army and killed, what was it, a hundred and something thousand? He'd done it before. He knew he could do it again. 
He's like, just send me down. It's over with. Warren Wood come up and said, no, hey, I'll go down there. I'll take take them and I'll, I'll, I'll flood it all out. I'll put the fire out with a great flood. He did it before. I love how he said it. He said, he said, angels, you've been really good at your jobs, but today this ain't the job for you. This is a job for me. And he takes off those priestly robes, lays them down, those royal robes, lays them down upon his throne. He steps down. Brother Brown said he grabbed the east wind and the west wind and a zigzag of lightning and into the fire he went. And while they were falling into that place, all of a sudden, they find themselves on their feet in the middle of a fire, in the middle of what is very terrifying. This wasn't your normal little backyard pit fire. No, this was enough that could consume the men that was even bringing them to the fire. They couldn't stand the heat. (laughs) Amen. They couldn't stand it. And it threw them off. Did you see what happened? God again was leading his enemies to a trap. They thought they was going to throw them to their destruction and it was their own destruction. And here they come and they find, amen, the one that looked like the son of God was walking in the fire with him. And they're in the fire fellowshipping with him. They're in the fire talking about him. They're in the fire talking with him. And they realize their bands have been burnt off. And they come out of there without even a smell of smoke on them. You're talking about a way maker that'll take you through a fire that's burning. Amen. And you, listen, you can, you can put a little fire in here and burn it for five minutes. How much smoke would be all over everything? And they come out of there without even a smell of it. And it was all gone. That's a way maker. He knows how to make a way. He knows how to bring you through a fire. He knows how to bring you through a lion's den. He knows how to bring you through a valley with a Goliath in it. He knows how to bring you through every situation. He has not lost one. He has not lost one. And bride, he's not going to lose you. Amen, you may feel helpless, you may feel hopeless, but the angels are still on the job. They're still grinding, they're still stomping, they're still putting the fires out, they're still closing the mouth of lies. Hallelujah, they're still pushing back cancer. They're still at war with cancer. They're still at war with every kind of disease Satan has. They're still at war with suicide spirits. He's a way maker through every situation. He knows even in death, he's a way maker. I told this up there, it may have said it here already, I don't know, but I want to say it again. I told this at Cloverdale the other day. When I was telling that same story, Brother Ron, do you remember the story? My iPad started playing. Brother Bradham started talking about a hymn. It was down from his glory, every living story. I didn't pick it all, didn't put all the pieces together right away, but I knew I had been preaching on the God that answers, and I knew he had answered. When I realized what what it was, I thought, well, you know what? My mom, she's coming out with a smell of smoke. It's over. Brother Ron, he's completely healed. It's over. 
This was my faith. This is where I was at. And I come home and I watched her go back in the hospital as I'm landing. She goes back in the hospital. She never comes out. And I watched her go from one battle to another. Down, down, down until she left this world. You don't think the whisper come to me? Like you made all that up. You made every bit of that up. You know you did. I knew that wasn't right. Because I knew I didn't do that. One day I was thinking about it. And it was just rolling through my mind how it all took place. And I'm thinking about it like, Lord, why did all that happen and then her die? And the Lord spoke to me. And he says, I didn't do that for her. I did that for you. He said, because I wanted you to know when you, you was about to step in a fire, but I was going to be with you. Take that, devil. I've been through a fire. Our family's been through a fire. This church has been through a fire. We lost somebody we really loved. But every step of the way, he's been with us. Every moment, even in our tears and our moments of agony and moments of of wondering how all this is going to be, he's been with us. He's never left us. He's always sent a comforting word. He's always done something right on time, showing time after time after time. You've been in the fire, but I've been with you. Do you know how much confidence that gives you to know you're not alone in the middle of your trial? To know you're in a fire and things are going all around you and it seems to be crumbling on every side. Woods popping, sparks are flying, heat's rising, but he's still with me. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you this church tonight, he's not just with me, he's with you also. He's with you in your moments of despair. He's with you in your moments when you don't know which way to turn. Don't worry. There'll be a light to guide you to the next step, to the next place, to the next way. Whichever turn you need to take, he'll be there for you. He's been there forever, saint throughout the ages. And why would you think you would be an exception? You're not an exception. There's a provided way. For men and women, that's through Jesus Christ, who died at Calvary. Though his blood, through his blood, we have remission of sins and can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the approval of God that he's accepted us into his son, Christ Jesus, safely and secure. God has a way, and it's the only way. It ain't the Methodist way, the Baptist way, the Presbyterian way, the Pentecostal way, and even the message way. It's Christ's way. But I want to say this very clearly, though. The message in its, in its purest form is Christ. Just as he was through all the other ages. Just as he was with Wesley and Luther and everything else. But when men start to build their dams... And they start to stop. They start stopping fires. Yes. They start control burning. Yes. Only burn where they wanted to burn, yes. and move where they wanted to move, and how they wanted to move. Amen. That ain't Christ. No, that's right. But He is God's way. 
He's God's provided sacrifice. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Manassas. When Abraham offered up Isaac, he called that place Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. God made a way of escape. He did it. He'll do it through every time. We can see him as he come down, down to the moments of, of history. 2,000 years ago, it seemed like a nation was tumbling. The world was tumbling into despair. And all of a sudden, a light came on the street. And there was a little virgin walking down the street. And she's been pondering in her heart the things that had been taught of a prophecy that had been, taken, had been given. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And as she's thinking on these things, a light begins to show itself. And out of the light, a man about six foot tall and olive complexion with his arms folded says, Mary, the handsmaiden of the Lord, highly favored. Talking about me? What have I done to be so favored? We ain't done anything. But he said we were. <laughs> That's all that matters. You wonder why, why did I get so highly favored that I could hear the truth of this hour and to believe it? Not just hear it, but to believe it. And the life of God to come down. How did I get so highly favored? Was it because I was in a certain family or a certain place or a certain? No, you're highly favored because he said you are. You're chosen because he said you are. You're his because he said you are. And here she is walking down the road and he begins to speak these things and something began to well up on her. She couldn't understand it. She couldn't put it all together. She didn't have it all figured out. But she just said, be it unto me. According to what you've said, I will accept it. I will believe what you said. God wants a people that'll believe just what he said. If it's in his word, believe it. If it's for healing, believe it. If it's for deliverance, believe it. If whatever it's in his word, you hold on to it. It doesn't matter how dark it gets. Hold on to it. He's a way maker. We can find him there in the Bible as he would come begin into his ministry. And we know the story of his friend Lazarus. And he goes on like he's moving away from them and he's getting sicker until he dies. And now he's four dead, days dead. And it seems like an impossible situation. It seems like there's no hope anymore. And he turns back towards them and begins to walk for them. And, and Martha hears that he's coming. And she begins to run toward Jesus. He said, why did she run towards him? Because she knew he was God's provided way. He said, that's always what you got to do. When you've got sorrow in your home, go meet Jesus. When you've got sickness in your home, go meet Jesus. You've got heartaches in your home, go meet Jesus. If you've got a need of anything, go, get, go meet him. He's got the remedy for everything. He's got the cure for everything. And she ran to meet him and fell down at his feet. Why? Because she had read a story of a Shunammite woman that had lost her son and there was no hope. 
It was a promise given to her, and she lost it, and there seemed to be no hope. And what did she do? She didn't wallow in her misery. She saddled her donkey, and she got on her way to go see the prophet. And she goes up, and she finds him as he's walking towards her, and she goes towards him. And he says, is it well with thee? And she said, all is well. All is well. And she tells him what's taking place. And he goes back to her place and raises the promised son back up again. Why? Because she believed the words that he had spoken. And this Martha had read those words. She had read it and she knew if he did it then, he can do it now. He knew, she knew that he had the power of the resurrection. She knew that he was God's provided way for the moment. When it seemed impossible and it seemed like there was no hope and it seemed like his nose is sunk there and it's dirty and smelly in there and he's just gone. If you'd have been here, he would not have died. But even now, Lord, what you you ask, it shall be done. Even now, Lord. Why? Because she knew he was God's provided way. She knew he was the way maker when there even seemed to be no way. He said, I can see him. I love how Brother Tim has brought this out. It, it, it just clarified it for me as he stood there and he wept, knowing that he was about to bring him from a, a beautiful place back to this old filthy life again. He knew where Lazarus was. But he knew he had to do it to prove who he was. But he weeps about it, knowing that Lazarus is going to have to go through a lot more things again, and even death again, and losses again, and failures again, and problems again, and situations again. And he's over in a perfect place. It's what gave me such comfort, even with my mom. Because I knew her body was, wasn't there to hold her no more. And she left this place in a broken body. And I got to reading about Brother Branham going past the curtain of time. And here he's got his head, hands behind his head, he says. And he's thinking about the other side. And he starts hearing this song. What was that song? I thought he started hearing the song. I'm homesick and blue. Want to see Jesus. He said, well, would you like to go over there? And he said, yeah. Yeah. Would you like to take a look? Yeah. And he feels himself moving out of this body. And all of a sudden, he's running his fingers through that blue grass. And he's walking down. And all of a sudden, he sees thousands upon thousands of running towards him, screaming, oh, my precious brother. And we know the conversation and all that took place. And he said, all of a sudden, he felt his body going back. He felt himself going back, and he turned, and he says, do I have to go back to that? Here he is, laying beside a woman he loves, children in the other room, and a body about 50 years old, still pretty healthy and active. Do I have to go there? Do I have to go back? They don't want to come back here. To pick up these old bodies again. They only want to come here for the resurrection. And God is making a way of escape. 
And the trap in this hour that we're living in, it seems to be closing and closing and closing. How are we going to get out here? How is all this going to work out? How is it going to be? What's going to take place? I don't know. But I do know that one day before that trap closes, I'm going to be snatched out of here. And I'm not going to be the only one. <laughs> I know God's got a body all over this world that's, that's going to change. And God's going to make a way of escape. What a way. Think about that. I mean, it's wonderful to read about the Red Sea and what he did there and the Goliath and what he did there and all down to the books of the Bible and even what he did when he walked here on the shores of Galilee and the woman with the blood issue, the way of escape, Jairus and the way of escape. I mean, how many we could go through time after time after time, but we're about to come to our turn. What a way of escape this is going to be. Your body might be riddled with cancer. It might be riddled with sugar diabetes or blood, high blood pressure. But all of a sudden, it's going to escape. And it's going to be moved. And this body's going to be changed to be like his glory. What a way of escape. He said, Brother Timothy, I get so worried about what eternity's like. What, what, what is it like? I, I can't get to the end of it. My mind gets blowed. No, we can't comprehend it. It's impossible. All I know is I want to be there. Because I know if I had my choice, I'd want to live as long as I could live in this old evil world that I'm living in. As far as humanly speaking, as far as all that I know right now, I've never experienced that other side. But once I ever do, I'll never want to come back here. Once I ever get on the other side and I'm sitting around that table a thousand miles long or however it's designed and I'm visiting, I'm fellowshipping and plagues are being poured out upon this earth. I ain't never going to want to come back here until it's my time to come back here and I'll step out on the ashes of the wicked and I'll begin, we'll begin to create a new lands and new places and begin to build and not another inhabit and plant and another eat from there. That's going to be a wonderful time and what a way of escape. What a way to go. Amen. You know, they think about people that just dies in their sleep and you hear that. What a way to go. Listen, what a way to go. One day you're here and the next day you're gone. One day your body's full of cancer and the next day it's a new body. It's never sin. It's never had a, had a sin or a thing or unbelief or a dirty thought. It's all gone. What a way to go. Are you ready to go? God is making a way of escape. He will not put more on this bride than she can stand, but he'll snatch her out of here. And I say, oh God, snatch us out of here. I'm ready to leave this old world. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the politics. I'm sick of the atmospheres. I'm sick of it all. It's time to go. Are you ready? Do you have your ticket? Let's bow our heads. There is a way of escape, but you got to accept it. There's a way out of here.
I mean, it ought to be all obvious to everyone. Yeah. We, was just, we was up there with a guide on the lake doing some fishing. He's not even really a Christian man. You could tell he even had some evolution ideas and things. But even out of his own mouth, he says, this world is coming to an end. It can't go on like it is. I thought, God, if this man could see this, how much more should we be able to see it? We tried to talk with him the level we could get him to. But there is a way of escape. But you got to accept it. So, Lord, I, I just want to leave this whole world. I want to leave it all behind. Whatever, young people, don't let eternity scare you. When you get over there, we'll understand it all by and by. What you need to do is let this world scare you. Because this is a scary place right now. The situations that are happening, taking place. As far as humanly speaking, people are shaking in their boots. Losing their minds to where they'd go shoot up innocent lives. Demonic things are taking place. This world is not our home. We're only just passing by. Take the way of escape. Don't be like the man who was on top of his roof house and the waters were rising. Screaming, oh, God, help me, oh, God, help me. Boat comes by. He said, oh, no, no, no. God's going to help me. Oh, God, help me, oh, God, help me. A little bit later, a helicopter comes over his house and throws down a rope. He said, oh, no, no, God's going to help me. And he ends up dying. And he asked God, why didn't you help me? He said, what do you mean? I got you to church on a Wednesday night. I got you there on Sundays. The atmosphere was there. I'd done everything I could. I sent help by your way. And you thought, oh, that's just Brother Joe. That's just Brother Timothy. That's just Brother Tim. Don't reject the way of escape. Let him make the way for you. What I mean to say, Lord, I want to accept my way of escape tonight. I want to get out of here. Yes, Lord. Rise above this old world. Lord Jesus, we're thankful, Father, for your word. It's a firm foundation. It's not what we think or what we want, but it's what you want, Lord. It's not what I say, it's what you say. It's how you direct it. It's how you set it in order. It's according to you, Father. 
Lord, don't let our, our ideas get higher than yours. Lord, man wants to put themselves in this day above a pastor and above prophets and above things that you've set in place. Make their own way. God, we want to be yielded vessels to you, Father. Lord, it's in your word. And Lord, your word is what's true. And let our hearts match up to it, I pray. Lord, you see the hands that were lifted, Lord, that wants their ticket. Their way out of here, Father. God, may you just come by their way tonight, I pray, in a real manner, Lord. Lord Jesus, may you just come and bring the winds of the Holy Spirit by each heart. Lord, if there be any evil way, any dark place, you'll illuminate it with the light of God. You'll sweep it out, Lord, and fill it with your presence. God, just fall among us, I pray. The way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, everything that we have need of, oh God, in this moment that we're living in, you're the provider. We thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen. gentle
that's where you'll find comfort. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. 